Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Hey, thanks for being with us today. My name is Ryan. Of course, this is Doug. Uh, we take this time uh, to really answer some questions that come in from you guys. So, uh, usually at the bottom of the screen or on the message note, there is a number you can text in questions, and it'll come in here, and uh, I'll kind of run them through. All right. Doug, so great to be with you today. <laughs> this is kind of fun. I know. Last time I was in here, we didn't have all these fancy mics and cool walls, so <laughs> it's awesome. Don't be distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so a question that was asked is, uh, you mentioned, where is this? Okay. Uh, how how should we interact with people who have quit the faith? Ah, oh, that's a great question. Uh, well, big picture. Not next week. Not the following week. Three weeks. Three or four weeks from now, I will give a whole. Uh, message on how do we pursue those. Now, that's that's specifically uh, a message on how do we pursue those who have um, engaged in a, a professing believer who is engaged in an unrepentant sin. So that may be a, a more specific slice of the pie mm-hmm. than what's being asked here. Um, so how do we engage? Let's assume the person's a believer. Mm-hmm. What did we look at in First Thess? It said we are to encourage the faint-hearted mm-hmm. and to help the weak. So uh, they may be help. They may be faint-hearted because they're weak. So we ask two things: What words can I say to them? And I don't mean words like "Hey, get with it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not encouragement. That that's the admonition. And and sometimes we get this wrong. It says to admonish the unruly, but encourage the faint-hearted. And I think sometimes as believers, what happens is we get it wrong and we admonish the faint-hearted as if mm. that that's what they need. That's not what the text says they need. The faint-hearted need encouragement, not admonishment. Mm-hmm. And the weak need not admonishment, they need help. Mm-hmm. So I, I think my... Uh, encouragement would be to ask yourself, how can you encourage them? And is there any specific way that you could help them? Some things are just very, very tangible. Sometimes uh, a person is weak. They're not, they're struggling. They're faint hearted because finances are just killing them. Mm-hmm. And so one of the gifts of our radiosity is that if we can help get the, the financial issues just off the table for a bit by helping them, can we then encourage them to take some new steps going forward? So mm-hmm. I think that's why that passage, to me anyway, is so helpful that we make sure we get the right verb to the right target. Mm-hmm. Unruly need admonishment, faint-hearted need encouragement, weak need help, and everybody needs... 
you remember the passage? <laughs> yeah, you're like, don't do that to me. Everybody needs patience is the word you were going to say. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I just want to build tension. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and, and be patient with all because everybody, when we're weak, when we're strong, we're still foolish at times. And so we need yeah. patience. So yeah. I, I, I would, so I don't know the specific situation those are the principles you should ask. Are they unruly? Then they need admonishment. Mm-hmm. If they're faint-hearted, they need encouragement. If they're weak, they need help, like practical yeah. help, yeah. not not words. Um, that words of encouragement are for the faint-hearted. Weak people need you. Like here's a hand. Mm-hmm. Here's a hand up. Yeah. And then uh, all of us are not as quick to change as we should be. Yeah. None of us are as quick to change as we think everybody else should be. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, everybody needs patience. So when you help and it doesn't work immediately, be patient. When you Mm -hmm. encourage and then they're still faint-hearted, don't move to admonishment. Be patient. Keep giving encouragement. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And it's a good word, I think, for us because some of us may be prone to just see, oh, they walked away from the faith. I'm just going to do this one thing every time. Mm-hmm. But probably the, the first step is to ask some questions to figure out, hey, what's, happen- what's happening here? Right. And then those, those things that you right. just mentioned will surface. Right. And then you'll have, a better, you'll have a better path in front of you of which one to take in light of this person. So yeah. I think that's fantastic. Uh, a question, this question actually comes from me. Okay. Uh, at, of course, maybe some might not know this, but have the pleasure of serving here at the chapel as the college pastor. And uh, I think it's widely accepted. One of the the group of people that walks away from the faith the mm. most is that age before twenty four huh. years old. And right. so, two so questions. they start, but they don't endure. Yes, that's right. right. Yep. And as they walk into a new chapter of life, they typically many of them walk away uh-huh. from the faith. And so, kind of two questions to pose that to you. Why do you think that is? Yeah. And what might if there's a twenty one year old or eighteen year old about to step into college, yeah. what words might uh, help them? In that in that reality. Well, usually I think it's the college pastor's fault. <laughs> that's one hundred percent a joke. Ryan and I are close enough that I could tease him with that. No, I think that's. But I do. I say that jokingly. But some parents think, oh, if the college ministry was just what it should be, then yeah. my kids wouldn't walk away. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's what's going on yeah, here. Uh, you do a great job in encouraging, instructing, and being with our college students. So. Why does that happen? Um, I think one of the one of the primary reasons, because I j- let me just run through the list. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing that comes to my mind of that list mm-hmm. is that a some sometimes we put our student ministry so much focus on uh, one another and fun mm-hmm. and experience that. <clears throat> When those things go away, mm-hmm. then their walk goes away. And the focus hasn't been, let's have our mm-hmm. youth get focused on following Jesus. Yeah, And that might seem like a churchy answer, but I don't think that's a churchy answer of at course. all. You have to, every youth ministry program has to look and go, are we connecting students truly to 
the living word mm-hmm. and the written word because when their lives change dramatically from teenage to adulthood, from high school to college and then independence, some of that stuff that used to be is not going to be there anymore and it's going to determine, it's going it's, it's to reveal what they were really following. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it's because they were never really following yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so when all the other things stopped, then they stopped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be first in my mind. Sometimes um, college students go off to a school and they think, uh, I'm strong, I don't need a team. Mm-hmm. And and they don't end up building a yeah. team. And so they find themselves in a in a more pressured, mm-hmm. uh, dark place. I mean, I remember my son, Clayt, at Florida State, uh, experiencing times there of going, Dad, the darkness in my fraternity, and he had intentionally, because of his faith, wanting to be light in a dark place, had joined in a fr- fraternity. But mm-hmm. there were times, he said, the darkness is just so overwhelming to mm-hmm. me. And there was a few times he got in his car at midnight and did the mm-hmm. couple-hour track back to Jacksonville just because he needed some light. And he yeah. was engaged in campus ministry there, um, but it was still overwhelming to him mm-hmm in the fraternity house. So mm-hmm. uh, it may be the absence of a team, higher pressure, lower level of help. Yeah. Because oftentimes college students end up sleeping in, they don't end up yeah. going to uh, connecting to a body of believers. So yeah. I think when I run through the other ones, there may be an enslaving sin. I've certainly seen some college students walk away mm-hmm. and they blame it on an intellectual academic change. Yeah. Uh, but really it's an enslaving sin that they finally went, I can't stand the hypocrisy, I'm just going to walk away from yeah. it. That's truly what's going on. Hmm. I think those are the yeah. – any thoughts as a college pastor? You were up more up close and personal. Yeah, no, I think those definitely speak pretty true, uh, especially the team the team aspect. Okay. I saw a statistic that said of the college students that leave, they'll walk away from the faith, 60 to 70% never engaged with the church. Yeah. And so they left their team from home as they went to another city. Right. And then they, there was no intentional movement to – to plug back into a church yeah. to a degree, so right. I think that's that's definitely um, hmm. a, a big part of it. So this will sound like a cliche, but uh, I remember years ago, as I was watching some of our students transition from high school to college, the recognition that college students who only go to college with the intent to survive don't. Those mm-hmm. who go with the intent to thrive spiritually end up surviving. Hmm. So <laughs> yeah. whatever you aspire to, you're probably going to hit one step less. Yeah. So yeah. if you attempt to survive, you're not going to. If you attempt to thrive, you'll survive. Yeah, yeah. It's a good and one. some thrive. Of course, of course. <clears throat> yeah, I see that. That's, I guess my I was teaching through the book of Judges once too, yeah. and saw a very kind of similar path as they stepped in, the people of Israel stepped into a new land with new people, and then they started just small little steps, and they yep. not long down the road are worshiping a new God. And right. I wonder if that kind of steps in as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to wake up. Uh, 
I'll right. probably go to that party. Uh, you know, and just kind of just these small steps kind of end up there. So I appreciate that. Um, another question here is uh, you mentioned feeling like you aren't making a difference is one of the reasons that make you want to quit. Yeah. What from those five points of the teaching help you personally fight that uh, huh. place? So the fact that I want to, I shared, I'm not making a difference. Which one of those help me? Yeah. Um, well, let me run through it. Building a team, um, the team might encourage me. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say that. The team does encourage mm -hmm. me. But when you're discouraged, it's easy to turn the volume level down on the team words yeah. as well, since you've turned the volume level down on your own. So a team makes a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I received an encouraging text from uh, a team member Thursday night um, saying, hey, you really made a difference today. And mm -hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. That that encouraged me. Um, second running through my mind, lay aside. I don't think that's what's at play with mine, entangling sins, not what's at play. So the two would focus on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, you know, you go, well, making a difference in this way, but look at the difference this person's making. Yes. And so... Uh, I could be prone, not could be, uh, that's way too theoretical and yeah. safe. I am prone, honest, I am prone to go, well, Lord, you're not changing people's lives on the same scale that you're changing people's lives through this other person. Yeah. And so, you know, what am I doing wrong? What should I do differently? So it would be probably that number one. Mm-hmm. That helps me get my eyes on Jesus. I know this, but I—that's what when I've started to look at results as opposed to Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a—I think that's for me the issue. I'm looking at results instead of Jesus. Um, I need to go. Paul said it very clearly: some water, some plant. It is the Lord who gives the increase. Mm -hmm. So I have to go back to uh, the passage there and go, no, it's the Lord who gives the increase. And so it's up to him to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I am, uh, I need to focus on him. So I remember a, a little book that made a huge difference in my life, uh, Elizabeth Elliot, These Strange Ashes, spent a whole year doing translation work. Uh, for the sake of the gospel, an unreached tribe, and then her hut burned down in a whole year's work. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what a waste, God. Why yeah. would you waste my year? And in a very sweet moment with the Lord, the Lord reminded her, you actually did this for me. Mm -hmm. Not for them. You did it for me. So yeah. her focus had gotten from, I'm doing this for the sake mm -hmm. of the benefit of these people versus yeah. I'm doing it for the sake of the glory of my Savior. And whether it, and, and the Lord said to her, if I want to burn them up, yeah, I'm the potter. I, yeah. I, that's, that's what I get to of do. Course. So that's, um, that's for me, mm -hmm. the reminder, get your eyes back on Jesus, not on the results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that to be really helpful too, because... I mean, I think we all experience different seasons of fruit in our life, too, in my mind. goes yeah. to John 15 when 
Jesus says, abide in me yeah. as, as he is the vine. He doesn't say abide in the fruit or, or abide in other, other branches. He right. says, abide, abide in, in me. me. Yeah. And I think that's... that's so funny. I think, Ryan, as pastors, mm-hmm. um, I think we probably are going to deal with... I put that one first because it was real for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know how many typically in the congregation would put that on yeah. theirs. Uh, I wish I could have said, hey, what do you all write down? Yeah, raise your hand. But uh, <laughs> nobody wants that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if you make me read what I wrote down, I'm not going to write <laughs> it down right. again the next time. <laughs> I'm not coming back either. <laughs> so I think that's real for me. But yeah, uh, that's So that's my real issue, and those are some of my real solutions. Yeah. yeah I d- and I appreciate the question because as I went through the text, I went, all right, <clears throat> what makes me want to quit? Mm-hmm. And do these things make a difference yeah. in my life? And they genuinely do. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Cool. Uh, another question here is how how do you deal with an enslaving sin? Yeah. In two minutes? Because that's what we got left. <laughs> in 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no. How do you deal with an enslaving sin? You start with what you have grown weary of doing and thinking it's a waste and it makes you feel like a hypocrite Mm -hmm. uh, during the Lord's Supper. You start with agreeing with God. We're going to do confession next week, Mm -hmm. a whole message on confession because uh, I think enslaving sins are very real issues and therefore... Enslaving sins, we've given up confession because mm-hmm. I just yeah. It, we almost think the Lord's saying back, yeah, skip that until you actually mean it. Yeah, it doesn't right? count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it starts with confession to the Lord. It's probably always, and this is where build a team plays a part. This is a different team, though. It, it goes to. I'm going to have to come clean with some other folks mm-hmm. as well who and you got to pick the right right people. Yep. Not it's not that Jesus picked the wrong people, but as I thought about Jesus and his endurance, he he at his time of need went to his team and they slept on him. Mhm. Yeah. In the garden they fall asleep and he's a little yeah. bugged by it as as it should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you got to when it comes to his enslaving sin, you got to choose carefully. But you're going to have to come clean, mm-hmm. and then I think we're so much into quick fixes that we have to be in for the long haul. Understanding this, that part of the long haul will include failure. Mm-hmm. See, it, if there's if once I've said I'm going to deal with this, there's no room for failure. I'm just going to go undercover. Mm-hmm. Again, so in two minutes, those confession, yeah. build a team, and the four things for the long haul, understanding that continual failure may be a part of that reality. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And yeah. I have no doubt next week that'll surface as well. So, yeah. hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's a privilege to do this and to tackle some hard questions. So, hope to see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.